Have you ever been tempted to give up or check out in your walk with God? Have you been at a place in life's journey where you felt overwhelmed and overshadowed by life's obstacles, setbacks, or heartaches? It could be you are at such a place right now, a place where you are hungering for hope. If so, then Hope Along the Journey podcast is a ministry of encouragement created specifically with you and others just like you in mind. And now, here is your host, Mark Cravens, to share a word of encouragement with you today. Welcome and thank you for joining me today for this episode of Hope Along the Journey. Hi, I'm Mark Cravens, and it's just a joy to have you listening today. And I hope that today's episode of Hope Along the Journey will be a blessing to you and an encouragement. That's a whole purpose and the reason why I started this ministry was that it would be a ministry of encouragement and inspiration to people who are hungering to find hope along life's journey. And let's face it, life can be tough at times. Life can be rather difficult. And you and I both need to know that there is hope that we can find in Jesus Christ as we journey through life. In just a few moments, I'm going to be sharing something with you from my heart that I really want to share with you today. But before I do that, I just want to encourage you as a listener, if you would, to take a moment and let me know that you're listening. I'd love to hear from you during the month of December. If you would, just send me an email at hopealongthejourney at gmail.com. Again, that's just hopealongthejourney at gmail.com, and I'd love to hear from you. Would you do me another favor? And that is, wherever you're listening, whether it's Spotify or Apple or wherever you listen, if you're allowed to give a rating, would you give us a five-star rating and maybe leave a a nice comment on there? I, I, I go back and I look for those, and it really helps the podcast so very, very much. One more thing before we get started, and that is, love to have you on our newsletter. I'm getting ready to send out the October-November newsletter within a couple of days, and uh, you would be able to get on at least the December newsletter if you would go on ahead and sign up. So if you would, just go to the website. It's www.hopealongthejourney.org www.hopealongthejourney.org, and there will be a screen that will pop up that will say, stay in touch. If you'll just enter your email, we'll put your email in there, and next month you'll be receiving our monthly newsletter. A lot of neat information comes out, uh, special announcements and updates. Uh, Oftentimes I give a little a brief overview of some of the things that have been happening in my life and ministry in the last few weeks. So would love to have you be part of that. I have been thinking for some time about the matter of our trust in the Lord. And so today I want to talk to you about not casting away your confident trust in the Lord. In the book of Hebrews, in chapter 10, there's, a, there's a rem, um, an amazing passage here. I love to read the book of Hebrews. It's just so encouraging to me. But in chapter 10, verse 32, he's telling these people that he's writing to, trying to encourage them and motivate them not to abandon their faith or to lose their trust in God. He says, but recall the former days 
in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with sufferings, partly while you were made a spectacle, both by reproaches and tribulations, and partly while you became companions of those who were so treated. For you had compassion on me in my chains, and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods, knowing that you have a much better and enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Again, therefore, do not cast away your confidence. This verse is translated different ways. In in the ASV, it says, Cast not away, therefore, your boldness, which hath great recompense of reward. I like what the New Living Translation says. It says it like this. Do not cast away this confident trust in the Lord. Isn't that powerful? Don't cast away this confident trust in the Lord, no matter what happens. Remember the great reward it brings to you. This idea of casting away or throwing away our confident trust in God is so very important. Have you ever accidentally thrown something away that was of great value? (laughs) I just recently, and I'm not going to tell you where or when or just how soon, but it's been very recently that I accidentally threw something in the trash can that I didn't mean to throw in the trash can. And I had to dig down in through coffee grinds and all kinds of unmentionable stuff that we won't talk about here, but to get and to retrieve something that was of great value that I should not have just cast off or thrown away as something that was worthless. The phrase here, cast not away or cast away, is an old Greek verb, which means to throw away from one as something that is no longer of value or is considered to be worthless. In fact, this verb is only used twice in the New Testament. The first time is in the story of blind Bartimaeus in the days of Jesus. This dirty beggar was wearing an old, tattered, filthy robe. And when he came to Jesus for healing, it says that he cast away his garment. And the second time it's used is in this passage. Do not cast away or throw away as something that is worthless of no longer of any value. Your confident trust in God. The author here is admonishing those who have been followers of Christ for some time to not become discouraged or to lose hope and to cast aside or throw away their confident trust in God during the troubling times that they were facing. Let's face it, maintaining our confidence and trust in God is an ongoing battle in all of our lives. C.S. Lewis, the great thinker and writer, said, relying on God has to begin all over again every day as if nothing had yet been done. I want to read that again. I think what he says is powerful. Relying on God has to begin all over again every day as if nothing has yet been done. So, in other words, Trusting God yesterday was sufficient for yesterday. Relying upon God yesterday was sufficient for yesterday. But 
Today, it has to start all over again. Today, I have to rely and trust in Him once again. Today, I have to make sure that I'm not throwing away or casting aside my confident trust in God. Let me share with you just a few things to think about today. First of all, I would encourage you today, don't don't throw away or cast aside your confident trust in God because of the lack or the diminishment of feelings and emotions that you would love to have. (laughs) Anybody besides me, a, a, a highly emotional person, I hate to say that. I hate to tell you that I'm highly emotional, but I am. I love to laugh when I'm happy, and I tend to cry when I'm sad. I don't understand people who are not passionate or emotional. I cannot, I don't understand people who don't really get excited about things in life. Uh, I tend to be a rather emotional person. But you and I both know that this walk with God is not something that we can trust our emotions with. We can't, we can't gauge where we are spiritually by how we feel. For nowhere in Scripture does it ever say that the just shall live by their feelings or that it is through our emotions that we are to gauge where we are with God. No, in fact, Hebrews 11.1 reminds us, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And then it goes on in verse 6 to say, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so this walk that we walk is a walk of faith. The poet said, feelings come and feelings go and feelings are deceiving. My warrant is the word of God, not else is worth believing. Though all my heart should feel condemned for want of some sweet token. Oh, there is one greater than my heart whose word cannot be broken. I'll trust in God's unchanging word till soul and body sever. For though all things shall pass away, his word shall stand forever. What a word of encouragement to us. And so I just encourage you today, if if your feelings seem to be running amok, if it just seems like, you know, you're struggling, and and sometimes during during the winter and during these blah days, like I'm looking outside right now as I'm recording this, and I mean, it looks like it's six o'clock at night. I mean, it's dark, it's gloomy, and sometimes even the weather and circumstances and our physical struggles that we're going through can all play with our emotions. But I want to challenge you, don't cast aside your confident trust in God because your emotions are not where you wish they were. For the just do not live by their emotions, the just live by faith. Secondly, I want to encourage you, don't cast aside your confident trust in God because of the discouragements and disappointments that come along the journey. Yeah, yep, that's right. We all face them, don't we? There are discouragements and disappointments that we all face. Oftentimes, we are discouraged or disappointed with just the circumstances of life. Life is just not quite playing out the way we thought it would be. How many of you would agree with me that oftentimes in life, things just don't quite turn out the way we think they're going to turn out? Sometimes there is a unique twist that happens in life or unforeseen circumstances that occur that all of a sudden are all of our anticipated plans are changed. And discouragements and disappointments 
can set in. We can become discouraged and disappointment, disappointed rather in, in other people. And, and let's face it, you and I will be disappointed and discouraged by the way other people in our lives behave or treat us. And, and let's also be honest with this. There are times you and I are going to disappoint and discourage other people. We, we best try this best we can. There will be times we're going to let people down. But I want to encourage you, don't let discouragement and disappointment with circumstances or other people cause you to throw away your confident trust in God. I also want to say this, and this is very important. Don't allow the discouragement and disappointment with yourself to cause you to cast aside your confident trust in God. You see, so many times I think the greatest discouragements and disappointments that we face are in ourselves. We don't live up to our own expectations. We have not arrived where we thought we should be by this time. You follow me? Does that make sense? I think you're getting this. And, you know, the truth of the matter is that, and I'm making no excuse for wrong or sin, but I'm just saying is that in general, we all look upon ourselves and say, wow, we just wish we had been done better. We wish we had, you know, we can look back like me now, looking back parenting and and saying, man, I just wish I could do it over again. I, I think I could do a better job. Or, and we live with regrets, and we live with disappointments, and we live with things that we wish we could go back and undo, but we can't. We, we can't. We can't do that. But even though we wrestle with these disappointments, remember that Christ is not a disappointment. If we wrestle with circumstances and other things that may disappoint us, remember that God will always be there and see us through. That in the most challenging, the most frustrating, the most lonely times of our life, that God has promised us he would never leave us. He would never forsake us. He would be there through it all. So when those discouragements and disappointments come in our lives, don't throw away your confident trust in the Lord. Thirdly, I just want to encourage you, and this may seem a bit strange, but you know, when the discipline and the chastening of the Lord comes in our life, we can be tempted to cast aside our confident trust in God. I have to admit to you that it took me many years as a Christian to begin to understand that there are times in our lives when God has to discipline and chasten us. But we must never interpret these times of God's chastening and disciplining as somehow He is disowning us. You follow me? That, that He doesn't love us anymore. <laughs> In fact, I'm going to read from Hebrews here that's going to tell you that it's just quite the opposite. In Hebrews chapter 12, beginning at verse 5, the writer says, Have you forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons? My son, my child, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. Isn't that interesting? Don't be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord, don't miss this, for whom the Lord loves. 
whom he loves, he chastens, and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chasing, God deals with you as with sons or children. For what child is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are not chastened, you know, if if you're without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate. And he says, and you're not even his children. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them great respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days, the writer said, chastened us, I seem best to them. But he, God, he does it for our profit. Oh, wow, listen to this. That we might be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. You you see, God's discipline, God's rebuke, God's chastening in our life is not for excommunicating us, it's for training us. You see, discipline is parental. The reason why God chastens his children is because they belong to him. And, and, And this was what a truth that I took a long time trying to get a hold of, and that is that discipline is a sign of ownership, that I belong to him. And if he doesn't discipline me, then I'm illegitimate. I don't really belong to him. You see, okay, so for example... Have you ever been somewhere and seen somebody else's children acting out and they needed correction and discipline? Yeah, you're just like me. You see it quite often. Some kid just throws this huge tantrum and oh, and, and you think, and something inside of you says, boy, that kid needs some, he needs some instruction. He needs some discipline. He needs some chastening. But do you know why, why I don't go over and, and discipline that child? Do you know why I don't go over and rebuke him or chasten him? He, he or she, that's, they're not my child. You got it? You don't do it either because they're not your child. But you see, the parent will do it or should do it because the child belongs to them. So when God disciplines us, when God chastens us, when God rebukes us, don't cast aside your confident trust in God, but be assured that he's doing this because you belong to him. It's parental. Yeah, discipline is painful. Nobody is, nobody's enjoying it. Nobody is saying, oh, God, keep on disciplining me. Oh, you know, oh, just keep on chasing me, Lord. Just keep on rebuking me. If you're that way, you got a problem. You need to see somebody, okay? Okay, it's not. It's not wonderful. It's not joyful when God <laughs> rebukes us and disciplines us and, chains, and, and chastises us. It's, it's not pleasant for that moment. But here's the thing. We also know that it is profitable to us because God is not, don't miss this, God is not chastening or disciplining us or rebuking us because he's in an ill temper. God isn't disciplining or chastening, or rebuking us because he's in a bad mood or he's had a bad day. Now, unfortunately, for many people who have been raised in homes where they had one or more parent 
that just took their anger and frustration out on them, this is an important truth to, to help you understand that God is very different from your parent or parents that may have been that way. God is not venting on us his frustration. God is not rebuking us just because he's in a bad mood. God's chastening, disciplining, and rebuking of his children is in order that he might produce in them true holiness and that they might be shaped into the image of Jesus Christ. He's doing this to train us. He's doing this to mold us and shape us and making make us into better children of God. Is that making sense? I hope some of this is is sinking in, and because I'm telling you, friend, when when I got a hold of this, this really did help me, because I used to think, man, here God is chasing me, showing me, pointing out to me where I messed up, something that needs to change, a course correction that needs to happen. Maybe I don't even, maybe I don't even belong to Him. Maybe I'm not even a Christian, or you know, and you. If you're not careful, you cast away your confident trust in God. Don't do that when he's disciplining you and chastening you. Number four, and this is important, don't cast aside your confident trust in the Lord. When the doubts come from the enemy and he fills you with so many lies, the battleground is in our minds, is it not? I've said that before, and I'll just keep saying it because the we've got to learn to win the war in our mind. We Many of us are plagued with a lot of stinking thinking that's come from the enemy, and we've lived with all these lies and doubts and assaults, and they come our way. I would not be surprised right now listening to this episode of Hope Along the Journey. There's somebody who is wrestling with those doubts and those accusations and those lies that the enemy is trying his best to put into your mind. But I want to encourage you today to just not let the enemy deceive you. Don't let those doubts cause you to cast aside your confident trust in the Lord. The most saintliest among us will deal with sometimes periods of doubt from the enemy. It's true. I'm just telling you, some of the greatest people I've ever known, some of the most godly people I've ever known, have had periods and times where they've had to wrestle with the doubts and the lies of the enemy that just seem to be bombarding their minds constantly. Many of you are familiar with Martin Luther, the great reformer, Martin Luther. I read something a few years ago that really stood out to me. He he said, he wrote these words, The devil throws hideous thoughts into the soul hatred of God, blasphemy and despair. When I awake at night, the devil tarries not to seek me out. He disputes with me and makes me give birth to all kinds of strange thoughts. I think that often the devil, solely to torment and vex me, wakes me up while I'm actually sleeping peacefully. The devil knows how to produce arguments that exasperate me 
and sometimes he has produced such as to make me doubt whether or not there is a God. Wow, isn't that amazing? I mean, here's Martin Luther, the great reformer. Here's the man who brought about the great Protestant Reformation, and yet he says, in the night hours, often I'm awakened, and Lucifer is there, the enemy is there, and he's bringing all these lies and doubts, and he's tormenting his mind, and all kinds of stinking thinking and crazy thoughts come to his mind. Sometimes, he says, he has produced uh, such that I begin to even question whether or not, I begin to doubt, is there even a God? I'm just trying to tell you, just trying to tell you, that there is a real enemy, and he's out to try to fill your mind with doubts and lies. Do not, hear me out, do not cast aside your confident trust in God when the doubts and lies of the enemy come your way. Ephesians 6.16 reminds us to, above all, to take the shield of faith wherewith we shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. 1 John 5.4 reminds us this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Romans 10 reminds us faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. What do you do when those doubts come? I'll tell you what you need to do. You need to do what a friend of mine would do when those doubts would come, and that is he would get up, get his Bible, and he would sit down, and he'd read through the Psalms, and he would claim the promises of God. That's what you need to do. That's what you need to do. One last thing. Don't cast aside your confident trust in God because of the seemingly, or I should say it this way, because of what may seem like the delays of God's promises. Yeah, the, what seems like the delay in God's promises. I just preached Sunday about, about Mary, and I was talking about how, you know, all these 700 years from Isaiah to the Gabriel showing up to tell Mary that she's going to have the long-awaited promised child. It, I mean, it's been 700 years. That's From our perspective, that's a long time for a promise to finally be fulfilled. But God is not slack concerning His promises. But God's clocks, while they keep perfect time, His clock, it doesn't run on my clock. Okay, God never consults my day runner about when He's going to do things. What we must do is... When it seems like the promises of God are long in coming our way, it's just keep our confident trust in God. Keep trusting Him. Keep believing Him. Calvin Miller said, Delays are not refusals. Many a prayer is registered, and underneath it are the words, My time is not yet come. God has a set time as well as a set purpose, and he who orders the bounds of our habitation orders also the time of our deliverance. God's delays are not his refusals. Just the fact that God's timing is different from ours. I want to encourage you today, don't cast aside your confident trust in God. Dear friend, dear friend, I don't know who you are, but my heart reaches out to you. I wish I wish I could meet you for coffee. I wish we could sit down and have a conversation. I just wish that I could look you in the eye and assure you that God is going to 
see you through this dark time. God is going to see you through this troubling time. God is going to see you through whatever it is that you're facing. Don't cast aside your confident trust in God. Friend, I want you to know that this ministry was made possible so that people like you and others could be reassured that there is hope in life's darkest hours. There is hope today. There's hope along the journey. Look to Jesus. He is truly the hope of the world. And if you look to him, he will help you find hope along the journey. God bless you and thank you for listening today. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you would like to know more about Hope Along the Journey, or if you would like to make a donation to show your support and appreciation for this ministry, then visit our website at hopealongthejourney.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you'll join us again for more Hope Along the Journey.